Hello, guys and girls. Welcome back to another rousing edition of Taylor Posey's All Tied Up. I have done two podcasts since I did my first one. Sorry about falling off the face of the earth. I totally should have planned a little bit better and perhaps had some more podcasts ready to go so that when life got a little crazy, I could have just plugged them in. But I didn't. Lesson learned. Your girl can learn. Even a dom can learn. So I did two podcasts on how I started doming. And I love telling this story. I would literally sit and talk about this for hours if someone would let me. So I'm going to tell you, because I do get this question a lot in everyday life. How did you start being a dom? So in May of 2021, my husband and I separated. And I started seeking solace (laughs) in all the wrong places, all of the wrong places. I know we all do that from time to time. I did it. I am not ashamed of it. I am not proud of it, but you know, it was my experience. So I'm on Tinder because of course I'm on Tinder, right? And I was paying for Tinder premium because of course I was paying for Tinder premium, right? I think it's called Tinder gold. And with Tender Gold, you get to actually see your matches. So you go to this little page on the app and it shows you all of the lovely people who have swiped right on you. And so I did that. And I don't know what it was, but I had a lot of matches. I don't remember being particularly sexual in my profile. I was very honest, but I wasn't openly sexual. I wasn't even a dom at that point. So like I wouldn't have had that to put into my profile. It did not stop me from receiving a lot of requests to top or to dom a lot of younger men. When I say younger in their 20s, early 30s, I am 40. So someone in their younger 30s is a young one to me, not a baby by any means. I was married to somebody that is now 31. But I got a lot of, a lot of messages and matches from men that wanted to be topped sexually and or donned. And I was like, what the heck is going on here? I got no idea what's happening. And so there was one, one young man, I won't say his name. He messaged me and he was a, a submissive. He loved it. He explained to me exactly why he liked being a submissive. And I was like, okay, well, let's let's talk for a little bit and let's see if this is something that I want to do. It wasn't. It just felt weird. I didn't want to do it. I just wasn't, I wasn't feeling it at all. And I, I don't know why, but I just wasn't. So time marches on. And one day, one day I'm looking at my matches with my Tinder Gold subscription. And there is the most beautiful blonde-haired, blue-eyed boy. Now, I'm not saying that I'm not attractive. I know that I am beautiful. It has taken me a long time to be able to say that and believe it. But this particular version of myself was not at that point yet. And so there's this blonde-haired, blue-eyed, beautiful boy. And there he is in my matches. He's matched me and I'm like, oh my gosh. So what did I do? Of course, I swiped right on him. 
And so in his profile, he had put a couple of things, the one of them being not vanilla. And so I messaged him and I'm like, okay, so what do we mean by not vanilla? Is it like butter pecan? Are we like on the same shelf as vanilla? Are we like down the street and around the corner? Now, I was not necessarily well-versed on what vanilla even meant at that time. Like, and this is a year and a half ago. Okay. So we can learn a lot of things really quickly, apparently. And he says, kind of spicy. And I didn't know what that meant. But we got to talking and he told me that he was a switch, but he was looking for a dom. And so I stopped and I'm like, dude, can you just tell me what is in my profile that is any indicator that I'm going to be into this? What is it about me in my photos or my pictures that is sending a bat signal out to all the subby boys that are like, here, here she is, guys. And he says to me, Taylor, you put in your profile that you have a strong female personality. And I was like, well, that's true. <laughs> I mean, that's that is just the truth. So, okay, I accepted that, you know, that's why moving forward, we kept talking and I had told him, you know, that I had had all these people message me and I had had this submissive prior to him want me to dom him and I just wasn't feeling it. And I don't, you guys, I don't know. I still don't know if maybe he's a sociopath. We joke about this to this day, but I, it just clicked. It just clicked with, with this guy. and. I started on my journey of being a dom. We didn't talk very long before he came over the first time. We talked about, you know, all of our likes and dislikes. We established limits, hard and soft. He really likes rules. So I wrote up a rule list that, I mean, <laughs> the number of rules, but he loved it. He loved it. His His point of view was, if I don't have rules, I don't know what I can't do. Okay, fair enough. And I got ready for our first night. It was a Wednesday night and he had to reschedule. And I was real bummed. But he's like, I am expecting a punishment. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can do that. So I did. I did punish him. But that's neither here nor there. Let's let's get back to the story. I'm getting sidetracked by impact play. So we rescheduled for that following Saturday. Now, going back a little bit, as soon as I met this, this boy, I told my therapist, I have something to tell you. And she's like, okay, shoot. I tell her, I found a guy who wants me to dom him. I'm expecting her to tell me how bad of an idea this is, to tell me, no, stop, don't. But instead, she says, I think this will be great for you. Now, part of me, when she says this, part of me is like, oh, no, now I actually have to do it. <laughs> but part of me is like, what? And she explains that BDSM can be very healing for trauma. Well, I've got plenty of trauma. I want to heal it. So cool. So that Saturday night, he was coming over, I want to say at maybe six or seven, somewhere in there. And 
I had all of my tools ready. I actually had to make a grocery order and get some things to have as play toys because I didn't have any real BDSM toys at that point. And that afternoon, I was in my living room. And my my marriage prior to that, I asked for a lot of help that I didn't get. I asked for a lot of things that I didn't get. And I'm not saying, you know, that that the end of that marriage was just his fault. It takes two people to make something work or not work, right? I know. I was not, I was not the best wife. I was, I have a lot of trauma from even before that. And our traumas and personalities did not go well together. And so I had been conditioned to think that I was not worthy of anything being done for me, especially if I asked it. So I stopped asking for things from people like I just did things myself. But here was this beautiful, blonde-haired, blue-eyed boy who wanted nothing more than to please me within his set limits, but wanted nothing more than to please me. And I was standing in my living room when that, that thought hit my brain. He didn't even know me. Like, we had not met yet. We had only talked through text message and on the phone. And he was he was ready to, you know, to devote himself to me. And so I started crying. I believe the word is probably actually sobbing uncontrollably. But I realized in that moment that it was not my fault that my husband and others that had contributed to that particular trauma. It wasn't my fault. It wasn't because I wasn't worthy. They made a choice. They made a choice on how they were going to treat me. And I don't know that I could have changed those choices at all. And that's fine. I am where I am today because of the choices that were made, you know, for me and the choices that I made. It's fine. I'm cool. But it did help me get past that where I realized it wasn't my fault. And that was that was just the first, that was just the first thing that really that really clicked for me with BDSM. So that night he got there and I can still remember the very first night, crystal clear. There, <laughs> there are some things that I'm like, I cannot believe I said that to that person because it was my first time to do these things. And I, I can still remember the things that I said and did. I remember what I was wearing. I have a really pretty little short blue dress that the straps are like ties and it has what looks like to be little like smudges of clouds. I'm not sure if they're supposed to be clouds, but it's a really cute little pretty dress, just as innocent looking as it can be. And after he was strapped down, I climbed on top of him and I said, do you know why I wore this little cutesy dress? And he said, no, ma'am. I said, I wore it because you're taking something from me. After tonight, I will never not be a dom again. And you did that. He kind of grinned. And it was hands down one of the best experiences that I had ever had in my life. I did sensory play with him where he was tied down on his back. And I had little things to poke and prod him. 
you know, he got he got some lovings too, so it wasn't all pain. And then I spanked him, which was, oh man, I didn't realize how much of a sadist I was and how much I enjoyed impact play until I spanked him the first time. I actually got so in it and overwhelmed that I had to just stop and walk out of the room. And I closed the door behind me and was like breathing deep, just trying to collect myself because I had unlocked a piece of me that I did not know existed. And, you know, if you guys have ever seen Orange is the New Black, there's a point where Piper Chapman says something to the effect of, you know, she's here in this prison and, you know, she's realizing all of the things that she that she is that she didn't know that she was and that it's hard to face. Now, not that being a Dom was hard to face, but knowing that I enjoyed spanking somebody so much was a little bit difficult for me to reconcile because I am very loving as well. But in the BDSM community, spanking somebody is love. You know, if that is something that they enjoy, if it's not a hard limit for them or a soft limit even, if it's something that you've agreed upon, you know, it's okay. And and my submissive, he likes to be spanked. He likes more to be spanked because I like to spank him. He's such a good boy that way. But he does enjoy a little impact play. I enjoyed it a lot. In fact, my body was very turned on and working just as a body should. I don't want to get too graphic, but I was very lubricated. And so I took my panties off. I had on panties. I took them off and I stuffed them in his mouth just out of nowhere. Willy nilly sticks her panties in somebody's mouth. Now, is this every man's dream? Probably. I had never done anything like this. And so much of this was just coming to me, the spur of the moment. And I was like, oh my gosh, maybe they were right. Maybe I am a dom. So after we got done spanking, we cuddled. I have had a hard time most of my life with intimacy. My parents separated when I was eight. For what they say is two weeks, it felt like two months to me. But they got back together. But when they got back together, they didn't hug. They didn't kiss. They actually slept in separate beds up until they actually divorced. So in those you know, teen, preteen, hormonal, formative years, I was not seeing any love or affection. And it translated into my first marriage. It translated into my second marriage. But here I was able to be intimate and vulnerable with someone. I can remember very clearly. He laid on his back and I laid in his right arm, which is still the way that we do it today afterwards. And I would rub his chest and tell him how good he did. And I, I'm an empath. And if you don't know, empaths can move energy from themselves into someone else. It's okay if you don't believe it. It's weird. I know, but it's, it's a thing. So I placed my hand on his chest and just pictured pouring all of this beautiful golden light back into him. Because the whole point of aftercare is to show your submissive that even though we just did this, this scene where maybe 
they were degraded or humiliated or, in my case, spanked and poked and prodded and made to feel like a toy during aftercare, you're loving on them and showing them what a good person, whether it be a good girl or a good boy, you're showing them how good they are, how much affection you have for them, and really building them back up. And so I wanted to pour everything I could into him to show him how good he had been for me that night. And he almost fell asleep. And he, <laughs> I do have a medical marijuana card. I use it for anxiety, PTSD, depression, you name it, it's there. And I had had some prior to because I was so nervous. And he says, because he almost fell asleep, he's like, oh my gosh, did you give me some of that? I was like, nope, that was all me, buddy. It was all me. He brought me flowers that night. That was really sweet. And so we continued on. We have been off and on for a year and a half now, but he came back in August and we've been going ever since. And he's one of my best friends and only a way that he can be. We can talk to each other about things that we want to try. And we know that the other is not going to judge the other. We do try new things. We've tried several new things, some that did not pan out for either of us, and some some that I enjoy more than he does, you know, some that he may enjoy more than I do, but it's so nice to have that partner there to be able to play and experiment with and it be in such a comfortable, intimate setting. Like I trust him with my life and he trusts me with his. So what else do I do? That's how I became a dom. That is how I am currently doming him. I do dom virtually. I have some submissives across the United States that I dom virtually. There's an app that we use to set up tasks and rewards. I offer services to train submissives and dominance. I'll, I'll train anybody. I am capable. So that's how I became a dom. Through Tinder. On accident. Because of a pretty blue-eyed boy. Now, he says that I would have dommed anyways. Maybe. Maybe I would have. Maybe I wouldn't. In true submissive fashion, he does not want to take any credit for it. But I do give him a lot of the credit for it. I had to say yes. I had to follow through. But it just clicked with him. You know, some people in life you just click with. Some people there's just a connection with. And we just had one off the bat. So, that's that. If you have any questions for me, any specific questions about my doming, I would be happy to answer them. You can message me on TikTok at Taylor Posey Kink Coach. You might even have to ask it through the Q&A section and I can answer it through there. I can answer it on the next podcast. You can message me on Instagram at the Taylor Posey. You need to be friends with me, though. If you aren't, it's going to go into the request folder, and there's a good chance I'm not going to see it for quite some time. So make sure that you are at least following me so that I will get that message. Okay. You can also email me at thetaylorposey at gmail.com. And sooner than later, I will have a website up, and that's very exciting. And so when I do, I will let you guys know about that. You know, next episode, I think I'm going to talk about what it is I do now. 
I don't just dom. Um, I do a lot of things, offer a lot of services, and we will get into those. So you guys stay kinky. Remember that there is no time for bad relationships or bad sex. Make it a good one. And now for our masturbation minute. Is it a bad thing if women masturbate? Now, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably thinking, of course, it's not. Well, it's not. It's not a bad thing. But on Procto.com, there's an article about female masturbation effects, benefits, and risks. And I will link that in the description. But I read this article and I was really, really disturbed by some of the information. Something like, you know, the act in itself is not good or bad, though in some cases, religious beliefs may induce people to label it as bad, which is true. (laughs) That's true. And it even mentions that there are women in other cultures that are expected to never even recognize their sexual drive, like never even acknowledge it exists. Never. That's bad. That's bad. Not the masturbation that we are so repressed, that religion is so repressed, that so many cultures are repressed, and they don't encourage women to recognize their sexuality. It does say that masturbating daily can be normal for some women, depending on their age and sexual drive, whereas for others, it can be excessive. As long as it's not affecting your overall energy levels and it doesn't encroach on your daily life, you're fine. You're fine. It's good to know what you like. I had someone tell me one time, if you don't know what you like, how are you going to tell me what you like? And that is so true. And there's so much more to masturbation than just an orgasm. And we will get into that in further episodes. But ladies, just know it's not bad. And if you need some assistance, I am your girl. You guys have a good day, have good sex, and I'll see you next time.